Welcome to the Dad's Off-Duty Podcast. I am your co-host because Jason is the real man in between the sheets and on the streets. I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Wow, thanks. Yeah, You're I, already complimenting me. This is going to be a great night. <laughs> I caught you by surprise. Um, so, Jason, I see you looking at your phone. Does that mean that you have a dad joke queued up that you want to share with us? I've got a dad joke. Okay. And it's not just my dad joke. This is a dad joke sent in by a listener. So if it sucks, it's not my fault. Okay, if it sucks, I'll follow up with one that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. All right. Did you hear about the guy who invented garden shears? I, I didn't hear shit about him. It was cutting hedge technology. Nice. I do like that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I, but you can go ahead and share yours either way. So I got one for you specifically because, you know, um, well, maybe not for you specifically. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but do your kids like dinosaur jokes? Did you say that to me once? I probably did. Yeah, they like dinosaur jokes. Okay, here's a dinosaur joke. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl use the bathroom? P is silent. Because the P is silent. Ah. I think that's... my kids may have told me that one already. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a solid. That's a solid one. I like it. Classic. Very classic. Um, do you know what else is classic? Telling lies to our children. <laughs> since the beginning of time we've all done it you, you know so i if if you haven't guessed by that horrible segue our topic for this evening is tell like the lies we tell our children now i don't know about you jason but when you like heard you were going to be a dad and you were you know planning out your children's childhood and you know early life and everything did you go through that phase where you and your wife were like we aren't going to tell our children any lies no i think we pretty much knew that it was going to happen uh we were honest with ourselves and i mean we we aren't like habitual liars or anything right now what about you so there i being completely honest there were times when my wife and i were like yeah you know we aren't going to we're going to do our best not to tell any lies and we also said we're not going to lie about santa claus and about any of those other things um that was a lie (laughs) how ironic yeah uh Um, yeah, his, history is determined that that was not the truth. Um, and I'll get into, you know, we'll get into those lies. Actually, wait, why not let's start with, I think, one of the bigger lies we tell our kids, and that's Santa Claus. Why don't we just start with that one? It's getting close to Christmas, right? It's, you know, it's just a month and a half down the line. Let's start with Santa Claus. Do your kids or did your kids believe in Santa Claus? They have and they still do, thankfully. Um, I We want to keep the magic alive for as long as we can, as far as that's concerned. So they believe in Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, 
Tooth Fairy. I mean, you know, I think my oldest did because she'll she'll go on YouTube Kids and she'll watch a bunch of videos. And sometimes maybe there's a video in there that could unknowingly say something that might make my kid a little curious. So she did come up to us once, maybe six months ago or so, and kind of asked the question about like Santa Claus. Not like, is he real? But she was having some, I will say, doubts and maybe just wanted confirmation about the whole Santa Claus thing. And we're like, my mom and, you know, uh, her mom and I were like, no, 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 of course. Yeah. What do you mean? You, you met him at the mall, you know, you, because that's the other thing too, about Santa Claus being real is how do you talk about the whole fact that yes, there's a Santa Claus in the North pole, but then when we go to the mall, there's a Santa Claus, there's a home Depot, there's a Santa Claus. Um, when you go here or there or everywhere, there's Santa Claus is all over the place. So there's more than one. It's simple. Santa Claus is how I describe it to my kid, plain and simple, is Santa Claus is magic. Yeah, Santa Claus is magic. That's how he gets down the chimney. That's how he lands on the roof. That's how I've never met him. That's, you know, all of those things. I remember as a kid asking the question when I started having doubts about how is Santa Claus able to get around the world in one night and deliver presents to every single kid. And my mom's answer to that was that Santa Claus is magic. And I just like, I accepted it face value. Yep. Oh. So if, and when my kids start asking me that question, I will regurgitate that same response. He's magic. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to get into is Santa Claus as a gateway lie. Right. So 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 what I mean by that. Right. So if Santa Claus is real. Right. And Santa Claus is magical. That also means magic is real. Hmm. Not only is magic real, it's Santa Claus is also a great excuse for parents to be lazy. What I mean by that is if our kids are misbehaving around Christmas. We can say Santa Claus is going isn't going to bring you as many toys or, you know, like. Santa Claus mm. is a gateway lie, and I'm okay with it. I've accepted this fact, and um, if it's an excuse to have my kids believe in magic for a little while, I'll take it. Along the lines of magic, I mean the the whole movie, The Polar Express, and it's a book too. But if you've yeah. ever if you've ever seen the movie Polar Express, that's a really great Christmas movie, and you know as an adult and you're watching it and you kind of get the the whole thing that they're talking about, you know, whether or not this kid believes Santa's real and but honestly to my 6 and 4 year old it it's going completely over that part of it I think is kind of going over their heads. It's just like, "Oh, this is a fun Christmas movie with really good music and I love it." But really that's the whole theme of that movie, right? Is whether yep. or not you believe in Santa. Yeah. You know, along the lines of Santa Claus too and you kind of talked about whether or not you're going to tell your kids that Santa Claus is real. Are you familiar with Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard, those celebrity, that celebrity couple? Yeah. They are famous for being very real with their kids about everything. And um, I'm just looking at my notes here because there's an interview she did about how she talked about how she told her three-year-old that Santa wasn't real. Um, Her three-year-old approached her about Santa 
not being real and just asked the question to Kristen. And she basically said the kid was having doubts, saying there's no way he can make it to every single house. Mom, what's the deal? And Kristen Bell basically replied with the fact that Santa Claus is an imaginary game we play because it's really, really fun. So that's what she, she told her three-year-old. And her both her kids now do not believe in Santa Claus. They're quite young, in my opinion. And that's, I don't know. I don't know where you fall on that line, but that makes me a little bit depressed <laughs> as a parent. like, And as a former kid, like to be able to, to be going through your early childhood not believing in Santa, that's, I don't know, that's a little sad in my opinion. Now, in my early childhood, I can honestly say, and I have a pretty good recollection of my early childhood, I can honestly say I never remember, like, actually believing. Really? Yeah. You had older brothers. I had older siblings, and I think that's the reason why. Um, And my, my twin sister found all the presents before Christmas one year. And told us all about him, so. That'll do it, too. I remember being, you know, in third grade at recess. In third grade, you were in recess with fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Right. And them basically pulling me aside one day and explaining the whole thing to me. And I got home that night, and I asked my mom and dad, like, what's going on with this? And they, I remember this night still to this day. They put my little brother to bed early, and they said, we're going to talk to you about it. And they sat me down, and they basically confirmed everything that I had heard that day. And they were very adamant about me not telling anything to my little brother. You still believe, you know, you don't believe anymore. That's okay. But give your younger brother, Justin, a few more years to believe because, you know, we still want to make it magical for him. And you kind of basically have to go along with this whole, oh my gosh, Santa bought me this present. And uh, so for one or two more years after that, I had to kind of play along and Hey, I was still getting presents, so I don't care what the name on the tag right? was. Yeah, that's that's the important thing as a kid, really. Yeah, I think that's when I first came up for the idea for this show. That was the obviously the first one that, that kind of came to mind. Yeah, it's a big one. The other one that, that came to mind for me right away is like the white lie about something is broken or we don't have that anymore. <laughs> What I mean by that is, okay, talking about a a movie, you mentioned Polar Express. My older child loves the movie Polar Express. Loves, 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 loves it. I mean, last year we had to have watched that movie at least 40 times, which is 38 times too, too many. And it's not that it's not a good movie, but it's like, it's so long. It's so long. And and eventually, like we just hid the disc. We're just like we don't know what happened to the disc anymore. Like (laughs) I just we couldn't we couldn't take it anymore because it was getting to the point where we would say let's watch something else, and then he would throw a fit about not being able to watch it. So not only would we end up watching it we also had to deal with a very distraught child about not being able to watch the movie or so on and so forth eventually we're just like we we lost it we we have no idea where it is along those lines right now as we're getting close to christmas this is around the time of year that my wife and i try to purge toys and 
uh, stuffed animals and stuff that our kids don't play with as much because they're going to be getting an influx of a lot of new toys. So let's make right. room and kind of get rid of the other stuff. So we'll go through right around now and basically put a bunch of stuff that they're not playing with anymore in plastic bags. We basically put them in the garage and then when Salvation Army or whatever comes around to the front door, we'll uh, we'll ship it out. So we've told a lot of lies lately about when my kids basically ask for this toy that they haven't played with in six months, they notice it's gone from the shelf. Where is such and such toy? Like, you know, I spend five minutes kind of helping them look for it, quote unquote. And just like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, well, oh, well, well, hey, you know, Christmas is coming. We'll get we'll get some new toys. It'll be fine. And look at the shiny object over here and then just kind of distract them and nice change the subject along those lines. Have you ever had a toy that was so annoying that you had to break it? I'm thinking I just probably have been. But I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, you go there, first. What, yeah, there, there, yeah, there have been a, a few of them that have just, as I've told you, and as you know, I'm sensitive to sound. And certain sounds coming from toys make me legitimately angry. So there was this Mickey Mouse race car that my kid had. And he would just like play that thing all the time. Just Mickey Mouse in my ear constantly just so angry about everything in my life at that moment that I went in and I removed the speaker from it so he could still use it as a car everything else worked fine but no sound it was glorious except and... for that first moment when he tried to hit the Mickey Mouse and make the sound go and this is when he was much younger. He was like two. And he tried to hit the Mickey Mouse thing to make the sound go. And just huge, massive tears that like his favorite Mickey Mouse just wasn't working anymore. And it was heartbreaking and delightful all at the same time. My heart broke for him that he just his toy didn't work anymore. And I was so happy that I didn't have to listen to Mickey Mouse for one more minute. You reminded me of a, a story. Uh, there is a toy. I can't remember the toy, but it was one of those really annoying ones with the sounds. And they had batteries in it. Now, thankfully, my kids do not know the difference between anode and cathode. So one day <laughs> I flipped the battery around and it didn't work. And when my kids were like, come on, what's going on? They always, they always know. Toy's not working. Change the batteries, Dad. So I put the battery out, put the new battery in, flipped over again. Yeah, still doesn't work. It, it must be broken. So there's a there's a pro tip for you guys. You flip the battery around if they're you're not old enough. They'll never know. My four year old knows. Oh, future electrical engineer. I made the mistake of showing him how to put batteries in, so he knows like. <laughs> and. The other thing is, my two-year-old, I guarantee that would never work on him. Because he doesn't give up on things. Like, if something doesn't work, he just plays with it until it starts working. So he would take things out. The remote wasn't working the other day, and he took the back off the remote, and he's hitting it on stuff, and he's playing with the batteries, and then he put the back back on, and he's playing with the remote. He's like, it's working. I'm like, <laughs> you little asshole. That's a smart kid. That's my problem solving um, 
ways as well. If something's not working, you just bash it as hard as you can until it starts working. Yeah, percussive maintenance. Tried and true method. Another lie that I tell my kid is that the beer I'm drinking is soda and it's it it's daddy's happy soda and kids can't have it. It only works on adults. And this is a perfect moment to talk about beer time. Here we go. Cue the music. I got to say at that time, I feel special. You're very special. Yeah, for different reasons. So this evening for beer time, I, uh, for the next few weeks, actually, I am going to be talking about a specific brewery in Wisconsin, a very famous one that sells beer pretty much only in Wisconsin. Um, a lot of people have heard of this brewery, though, because if you go to Wisconsin, you know that you have to get a beer from from here. Um, this is the New Glarus Brewing Company in New Glarus, Wisconsin. And the one I'm doing tonight isn't the most famous one, but uh, it's one of my favorite. And as I showed Jason earlier, this one is the Fat Squirrel. So right off the bat, I'm thinking it's going to have a nutty flavor. Yes, it, it it's kind of got a nutty flavor. Chew on like some it. acorns while you're drinking it. All right. Yeah, absolutely. It's basically just their standard ale. It's so it's it's not super light. It's not like a a light ale like Miller Lite or something like that. Uh, it's got quite a bit more flavor than that. But this is one of my favorite beers to go out and buy to have around the house to drink consistently. Because it's not quite as hoppy as a, an IPA, so it's a little bit easier to drink. It it's not, doesn't have quite as much alcohol. So, yeah, it's good. It's just a good drinking beer. And for that reason, I'm going to give it four stars. All right. That's solid. Very yeah, good. Nice and, nice and simple. So now it's... Uh, check your watch. Cocktail clock. Cocktail o'clock. So, um, what's going on in the world right now? If you haven't been turning on your phone, TV, tablet, or anything, is uh, we just had an election this past week. So I wanted to make a drink that felt patriotic, um, symbolized America. That, and I got uh, my first bottle of brandy, so... There was a drink that kind of brought both of these two things together. This drink is called the Betsy Ross. Now, you know, you being the history buff, tell us who Betsy Ross is. Betsy Ross is the perceived uh, designer and maker of the first American flag. There you go. Now, that happened around the time of George Washington being elected, right? So 1789-ish? Yep. Yep. Now this drink is not that old. This drink probably didn't even come to be until the 1940s, depending on what you research. However, you know, it's it's a play on Betsy Ross and it's got some really cool ingredients in here. So what I did was I put an ounce and a half of brandy. The brandy I went with is called Osbach. It's a German brandy, but 
for the purposes of this segment, we'll pretend it's an American brandy. One and a half ounces of port wine, which I've never used in a drink before, so I'm kind of curious. I actually had a bottle of port wines in my house, so hey, stars are aligning. Half ounce of orange curacao and two dashes of Angostura bitters. You throw that in a shaker with some ice, shake it up real good until it's nice and cold, and you just strain it into a, I put it in a coupe glass. Wow. Hmm. I am not a brandy connoisseur by any means. That being said, this is a pretty balanced drink. The, the bitters really help because if you think about brandy and port wine together, this could have been a really sweet drink, but yeah. this isn't bad. This is a, this warms the insides a little bit. This is a that's good, a, uh, that's a pretty decent sized drink. What's a coupe glass. Can you explain that? I've never heard of such a thing as a coupe glass before. Okay. Well, so there are glasses that are, they're called up glasses and then there's glasses that are down glasses. Now this one has a stem on a circular base it 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 it's really looks a lot like a wine glass it's a lot wider than a wine glass and it's maybe half the height in terms of the actual uh the part where the the liquid goes into so if you think about that you think of a wine glass a little wider and half the height that's what a coupe glass is um i make my whiskey sours in here it's a drink that like when it's really cold you don't want to put your hand on the part with the with the liquid in it because then your hand's going to yeah. warm up the drink. So the good thing about a cup like this is that you're you can use your fingers down at the stem, keep your drink cold. So that's what a coupe glass is. I like it. Um I like brandy, so I'm I'm curious. Yeah. I'm, uh do you have brandy at home? Yes. Okay. I mean, port wine isn't probably something t- a ton of people have in their cabinet, but if you get some port wine, this is a pretty decent drink. It's a, it, it is still a little sweet, but the bitters really help. I will give this, uh, I'll give this a four stars. Nice. Yeah, it does look like you're enjoying it. And yeah. normally around this time, you know, warming the insides would be a good thing, but it's 70 degrees outside in November, so... <laughs> Yeah, and hey, it's a follow-up. Because it's been so nice, we've been, my oldest daughter and I have been practicing riding her bike without training wheels. This is kind of an update from a few weeks oh, back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think we were struggling a lot at the beginning. I think I, I may have mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But I used your technique that you kind of discussed on the podcast a few weeks ago. Our backyard is kind of a, very gradually sloping. Yep. So that's kind of what we did we we kind of pivoted and we went in the backyard and i you know held the back of her seat and just kind of like gently pushed her and she went down that slope and she got the balancing and the pedaling and today we were out in the street and she was gone she's got it man it's it's a success dude i'm i don't know what it is but that's like that's how i learned just like a gradual you know slope just like push down you figure it out (laughs) it works I threw it to the wolves, man. Hey, yeah. So I'm pretty happy. Okay, so that was a little bit of advice that I gave Jason that helped. I have come tonight to ask Jason a question because we're going through something at home at the moment where our oldest is, and he's a boy, is really shifting his attention and love toward me. 
and away from my wife. And it's almost like it's, well, to be honest, it's making her sad. Um, and we are having trouble figuring out necessarily what it is or what's happening. And I'm kind of of the opinion that I've basically been out of commission for, you know, <laughs> three months plus, And it's the first time now that I'm finally up and moving around is the first time that my kid really has a chance to to kind of latch on to me and us for us to do stuff like today we were playing baseball in the backyard but have you had those moments with the girls where they're either like one direction or the other and what did you do about it i have um what i will say is i I can talk more about my oldest because i've got six years of experience of this versus my youngest and it seems like my oldest expresses this type of behavior more it happens and it's cyclical is what i will say so there was a period and when you really notice who she prefers is at bedtime so yes for almost a year i would say around the three-year-old range not that that matters but you know between the two to three-year-old range she only wanted my wife to put her to bed and she would not let me put her to bed for a solid year and then that turned, and all of a sudden, she wanted me to put her to bed, and I started putting her to bed, and then she couldn't put her to bed for almost a year. And it was like back and forth for a little while, and so she will do that. She will prefer one to another, and sometimes she'll walk in the room and say, hi, dad, hi, handsome dad, I love you. And my wife's just sitting here with her arms up like, uh, hello, <laughs> I've yeah. been making you all these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, where's the love? yeah. I, I will say that it it just goes back and forth. I don't have an explanation as to why, but there will be a day where she will prefer mom over you again. And then you'll just have to wait and cry in the corner for a little while. It does hurt, though. Now, for the longest time, I mean, when my when he was younger, like in the one to two range, he preferred being by me and you know, for the last couple of years, it's been more mom and now it's swinging back toward me. And she's, my wife's just not used to it. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> you know, uh, probably how she's felt the last couple of years. Like, this is great. You know, so much love and everything's working out and, and it, it does, it hurts. He doesn't want me to put it like, what am I doing wrong? And I think you're right. I think it is just cyclical and I, not that he doesn't love both of us or whatever. But the tough thing was tonight, my wife asked him, I was like, do you love mommy? And he said, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's happened to us too. That's really tough. Full disclosure, you know, like my wife was, Jennifer's pretty beat up about it. She just, it took her a minute to get over it. And I basically said the same thing, you know, you did like, I bet it's just cyclical. I have the chance to really play with him. I haven't in a long time, and he's just kind of taking advantage of that. It's not that he and, and I don't want to, and I don't want to scare your wife. I don't know if she listens to this podcast. She does. But like, yeah. Um, I don't know how you were as a teenager, but my relationship with my mom as a teenager, I treated her really poorly for a couple years there, and you know, I I, I hope your sons don't treat her the way that I. I'm not gonna say treat my mom, but just like the way I talked to her and just how I was basically hadn't wanted nothing to do with her. And she was embarrassing to me in every way for a few years there. Yeah. 
not going to say it's going to get worse, but hopefully it won't. Hopefully it'll get better for her before it gets worse. I fully expect both of my children, you know, maybe if we have more children down the line, both of my children to be a lot like I was and just to be very full of themselves and and, uh, to just kind of be independent. Yeah. So I just I had to ask you because, you know, it's something going on is fresh in my mind, something we were dealing with tonight. Back back to the lies you know, we we tell our children. Yeah, another one that really um, I go to a lot and seems to happen is I will be eating a food that I really want to eat and my kids will want said food yeah. that I am eating. So my response is that, oh, you can't eat this. This is spicy. <laughs> I've used the spicy a lot of times and <laughs> it works. of the time works every time. Um, I'll be eating pizza, for example, or something. And for whatever reason, they didn't want pizza at lunch. But then they see me eating a slice of pizza. I want your, can I have a bite? Oh, now the sauce is spicy. I got the spicy sauce. Now, I've never done that. I've never said like it's spicy and it not be spicy, but I have been eating something and they'll my four-year-old will ask me and then i'll take some sriracha and put it on like as he's asking me i'm like oh um i'll make you something else <laughs> so how does that work you just got like a can of sriracha in your pocket at all no times? no it's in the fridge like it, it happens like if he's you know like he sees me open up the fridge or whatever and then pretend i don't hear him at first and then i'll put the the sriracha on it and then oh did you get Oh, I'm sorry, dude. This is this is really. He's like, is that the sriracha? I think that plan has a limited shelf life because eventually he's just going to grab it out of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, I I haven't you know used the the it's it's spicy. I I haven't had to often, mostly because my kid's super picky eater. Like, so he doesn't. He only eats a few things. Yeah, along the lines of food, the other thing is that my oldest is just now getting into chewing gum, and it's very rare. We don't give her gum often, but like sometimes she'll get those ice creams that have the gumballs in it. So we let her we let her chew on the gumball for a little while. The whole lie about how long gum lasts in your stomach, yeah, in your your insides. You, you probably heard this as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, gum's gonna take you seven years to digest or whatever. From what I've read, that's that's a lie. That's a lie. But I still tell my kid that because I don't want her swallowing gum. So funny thing about that is I bet if we were to poll normal people like on Facebook or something like that and ask like how long does gum stay in your system, we would get a huge range of answers. And I bet adults would still give us the it stays in your system for that long. I guarantee it. Do you think that's because all these adults now, as kids, were told that Ab- by their parents? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do want to talk about this a moment, where is lies our parents told us. Now, one, if they didn't want me in the conversation, they would say, Seth, you don't have to worry about this. Don't worry. You'd understand it if you're older. That was my cue to just, oh, I don't want to be in this conversation anyway. I was really trying to think of an answer to this, but then your story sparked a memory of mine. Mm-hmm. This is going to get a little, little uncomfortable. That's fine by me. That's fine. 
I remember as a kid, and thankfully my parents don't listen to this. So I remember as a kid, you know, I was probably six, seven, eight. My mom on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon would be like, let's go all take naps. We're all going to go take a nap. And I was like, man, I got to take a nap. Okay. Mom and dad are taking a nap too. Okay. So I'd go in my room. My brother would go in his room. My mom and dad would go in their room. But then they would like blare MTV in their room really loud. <laughs> now, how are you taking a nap when music is really loud? And you're, I mean, that's funny. They're blaring MTV in like the early 90s, late 80s. It's like some hip hop stuff. Run, yeah, run DMC or something. Run DMC going on. Beastie Boys. Yeah. I don't think they were taking a nap listening to Vanilla Ice. No, I don't. <laughs> looking back, they lied to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's one that I was told as a kid was if you sit too close to the television, it'll ruin your eyes. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think that was just my parents' way of saying, get the fuck away from the TV. I want to watch what's on the TV, too. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that was probably my parents' way of saying, get off the Nintendo and go outside. Right. Yeah. So the other one is that with television, uh, and I've used this one with my kids and their tablet, right? But is if you keep watching it, you know, your brain is going to rot. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, when I was a kid, if you keep playing video games, you know, your brain is going to rot. Or what about the whole um, and I don't know if this is scientifically true or not. I don't think it is. But like waiting a half an hour after eating to take a swim or. Oh, yeah, that's that's bullshit. Yeah. Now, I am. See, again, right. Lies. We (laughs) our parents told us as children that we still kind of believe today. How does that even, why was that lie started to begin with? I want to know that. Like, why did parents were like, oh, yeah, you just got done eating. You can't go swimming. Was it just because parents didn't want to go swimming? I don't understand. I'm going to guess it's that. because Yeah, we had a pool growing up. And I mean, I would finish my lunch or whatever in the summer very quickly because I wanted to hop right in the pool. Yeah. And I think my parents weren't ready for that yet. Again, my dad eats an insane amount of food, so he would have, like, four cheeseburgers and, like, two beers and, like, a mountain of corn on his plate. He's probably like, come on, man. I'm through two burgers. Give me a break. <laughs> you got to wait 30. Three more burgers to go. you got to wait 30 minutes. Ah. 30 minutes is just the amount of time it took your dad to finish a meal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, you know what's funny is it happened one time where I didn't wait. 30 minutes and I had it, I it used to happen to me all the time when I would go swimming I used to get toe cramps my toes would cramp up and they would like lock over each other it was the most pain I I'm the only person I've ever met that this has happened to but I used to get toe cramps so the first time that I remember ever breaking that 30 minute rule I hopped in the pool three minutes later my toes cramped up. I'm like, I'm dying. <laughs> if you've ever had toe cramps while swimming, please email us at dads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird thing. Like my toes, it, it's like they, it felt like they were locked over the top of each other. It's just incredibly uncomfortable. And 
I was like, I'm I'm never going swimming before the 30 minutes are up ever. Um, and then I did it again later on. And like, Bullshit. It's <laughs> one of my research that I thought was just super cruel. This wasn't one that happened to me, but um, so this was a parent saying the ice cream truck only plays its music when it's out of ice cream. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, kind of satanistic parents would say that. Yeah, they don't have three bucks in their pocket to give them a ice cream sandwich. Come oh on. man! Oh, something that I've told my kid recently. Okay, so it's getting close to Christmas time. We're ordering Christmas gifts and stuff, and they're obviously being delivered to the house. Well, sometimes Jennifer and I forget to bring them inside and into the hiding spot soon enough. So my kid likes to go check the mail and he'll, he went out there recently and he's like, he's like, Oh, what's in this box. And I knew exactly what it was. It was a gift for him for Christmas. And he's like, what's in the box, dad. Can we open it? And I was like, no, that's a birthday present for one of my friends. Uh, we don't want to open it. <laughs> yep. We're starting to do the same thing. What we're doing with that is I've got a big box of those extra large flex uh, garbage bags oh the black yeah. ones there mm-hmm. and when something comes in from amazon or whatever that's for them we i just immediately throw it right in there tie the bag and throw it right downstairs it's like oh it's just garbage i'll throw it away later smart yeah we didn't like but like i said the kid <laughs> not even thinking like sometimes they get delivered or whatever and he he was just going to get the mail because he likes helping out and going to get the mail right on the front porch. Oh, what's in this box? Um, oh, that's just a gift for one of daddy's friends. <laughs> there you go. Why does daddy's friend like Paw Patrol? Thank God they are all in cardboard boxes. Because, whew. I think the, the, another one that comes to mind, and this is the last one I've got, is uh, talking about like toy stores, right? So... We'll be driving down the road, and this is maybe a, a couple of years ago, but we have a Toys R Us that was near us. And anytime we drive down that road with Toys R Us, immediately my kids will be like, oh, can we go to Toys R Us? Can we go to, can we go to I want to get a toy. I want to go get this, that, this, this. So the whole, this store is closed right now. Oh, we can't, I mean, Toys R Us is permanently closed, but, you know, at the time it was, oh no, the store is closed. Oh, sorry, they, their workers are already home. They're eating dinner. We, we, we can't go in there. Sorry. I like that one. I've never used that one. Um, one of the last ones that... Uh, actually, this is the last one I have. It's the grossest one. So, my four-year-old eats his own boogers. Well, don't all four-year-olds? It's disgusting. Now, I told him, I said, if you eat your boogers, it makes your tummy sick. Yeah. How's that worked out for you? It hasn't. It's done absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) Then my stomach will be upset, Dad. But but I tried. And I said, you know, I said, I asked him, I said, you know, why do you keep eating your boogers if it's going to make your tummy hurt? He's like, because they're yummy. (laughs) That was the lies we tell our children. If you have any absolutely crazy lies um or really funny ones or anything else that you want to share with us make sure to hit us up on 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, Jason's really active uh, on Instagram, sharing stuff. He's doing a phenomenal job. The Photoshop game lately has been absolutely on point. See, I was going to ask you about that. Do you like that or is that? I think it. I love it. I think it's fantastic. See, I get to a point where the Photoshop looks a little like questionable and i think that's what i like yeah i I don't want it to be perfect no i want it to be i want it to look like a dad is just learning photoshop is attempting to photoshop the picture and that's exactly what i'm doing it's perfect absolutely (laughs) you're you're nailing it um but this has been another episode of dad's off duty make sure to get a hold of us on any of those social medias or the email um Two dads off duty at gmail.com. And uh, other than that, man, dads, stay off duty.